Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 665. The one quote that uh, that I like is, there is no I in team. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jump start a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jump start any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Tony Zeal. Hey, Tony, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I think I'm strapped in and waiting for the flag to drop, Mark. All right, perfect start, perfect start. Tony Zeal is the global training manager at SeaTech in, and I know I'm going to mess this up a little bit, but uh, Vixman Schuten, Sweden, is that where you're located? Perfectly pronounced, Mark. Perfectly <laughs> Thank you. Pronounced. You're too kind. SeaTech is a global company whose mantra, maximizing battery performance, amply describes their goal. Formed in 1997, SeaTech designs and builds a smarter battery charger and maintainer using a unique charge algorithm, ensuring your battery stays charged in a proper working order, saving you time and money. Tony was born in Cardiff, Wales, where he lives, and began his career as an apprentice with Vauxhall General Motors. He's worked for the Royal Automobile Club for 23 years and as a product development manager for Rozone, the UK Midtronics distributor. And in 2012, he joined SeaTech as the business development manager before opening and running their training school in Sweden. And as a special nice offer today, Tony's going to provide a 20% discount for you CarsYow listeners on a SeaTech product. All you need to do is go to the SeaTech website, ctek.com, and in checkout, use the CarsYow discount code. Just type in CarsYow and you'll get 20% off. And that's good through the end of this month. A nice little holiday special treat for all of you CarsYow listeners. 20% off SeaTech at their website. And that offer expires on December 31st, 2016. Thanks, Tony. So, Tony, I've told our listeners just a tiny little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little bit more about your career and, of course, your passion for automobiles? Thank you for the, the nice introduction, Mark. You're welcome. Great to have you here. Uh, hello to your, to your listeners. Well, as you stated, I've been in the motor trade all my life, so 30-odd years, all my working life, uh, in one position or another. So I've started off as an apprentice, worked my way right the way through the ranks. The only thing I haven't been involved with in the automobile industry is the selling side. Uh, never into car sales, but everything on the engineering side. Started off as an apprentice, 
worked my way through, left that company, went to work for the Royal Automobile Club, which is, if your listeners aren't aware of it, it's very similar to uh, the AAA in America. It's a breakdown organization. Uh, They have a fleet of approximately 1,200 patrols, roadside patrols. They employ their own staff, have their own vehicles, fully kitted out. Um, You pay a membership each year and you can ring in. Uh, if you break down, unfortunate enough to break down, and they can fix about 85% of the vehicles on the road. So I spent 23 years with that company. Wow. Once again, worked my way through the, the ranks there mm-hmm. and eventually got into the training via several kind of opportunities. It wasn't something I was I was looking to have as a career, mm-hmm. but it was something that was always involved in my career as I moved along. I always enjoyed talking to people. I love trade shows. And like yourself, I find it very easy to kind of communicate with people. Um, so training was a kind of a natural thing. Um, I'm, what I'm most proud of, one of the things I'm proud of is the fact that um, back in the in the 80s, we st- or I started off a thing called Ladies' Evenings, where one of the local dealership would hold an open evening for their female customers they'd oh, okay. put an ad in the local press yeah and they'd have um, myself they'd have the police there for some safety talks and we'd give general maintenance talks maintenance instructions and then the ladies were taken out into the workshops and they were shown just the basics um, how to change your wheel check oil top your fluids up in the hope of preventing any breakdowns mm. because um, it's a lot worse for for a female on their own to be broken down yeah. And this was as a, an offshoot of a tragic event. A, a woman was waiting. Uh, she'd broken down on uh, one of the motorways in the UK, and she was uh, she was attacked. Oh, no. So there was a, a lot of pressure put on breakdown organizations to attend really, really quickly for lone female members. So from out of that tragedy came a lot of uh, good stuff and put me in the... In the training in world, the if you will. Of tra- yeah. Yeah, yeah. In the training world. But to, with, with no actual experience... To stand in front of 120 people and, and talk about uh, checking oils and how important things are with the motor vehicle, it was pretty nerve-wracking. <laughs> it's not so bad nowadays. I'm, now <laughs> you're well-seasoned. Yeah, you've done it yeah. before. But yeah, you know, training is so wonderful and teaching people how to do things that can ensure their safety and help them feel more empowered is a really magical thing, I believe. And I taught people how to use car care products for years. And it was so satisfying when you could step back and say, you try it, you can do it and watch them do it and watch the smile on their face. Well, Tech. You're in charge of the training. So very quickly after joining CTEC, you are now in charge of training in a global level people about products. So it's funny how those days back there with all those ladies somehow led up to what you're doing now, right? Yeah, it's, a, it's always been a part of, of my career path, really. I, I hadn't consciously chosen it, but every position I took involved a little bit more training. Mm-hmm. So it's, like I say, from a very young age, right up to the grand old age of whatever I am now. Um, <laughs> It, it's grown more and more important to the point where uh, the company invested an awful lot of money in, a, in a building a training facility in the, in the head office for me to promote the product. So wow. it's uh, yeah, very cool, very cool career path, and obviously very rewarding. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in your life and forming your success. And I like to say it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars. Yeah, so Tony. Take the wheel. Okay. The one quote that uh, that I like is, there is no I in team. And any success uh, or anything worthwhile is uh, is built by a team. And a team is built up of separate individuals. Uh, they're not 
all alpha people. They're not all big decision makers. It takes a, a good blend to make a good team or a varied blend to make a good team. So I've, I've always believed in, in teamwork. The family that I work with, it's not a company, it's a family. It's a very close unit, uh, very supportive, and it's a great team that we've got in Sweden with a great product. Definitely a great product for sure. I've known about the company for many, many, many years, ever since it originally came over to the U.S. And, um, yeah, you guys definitely have a great product and great people. All the people I've met from SeaTech have been fantastic. Let's go back in time and have you share a story that instigated your passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you realize that you were a car guy? I've always been a hands-on person. My brother is uh, the one for the education. He's a headmaster in the U.S. now. Mm-hmm. So he was always the college type. I was never the college type. I was always get my hands on. I'd take things apart, put them back together. I was the typical uh, young engineer, if you like. And uh, <laughs> from the very early days, I had my career path off as the army because uh, you're told what to do in the army. You don't have to think for yourself. Yeah. So you're told what to do. I thought, yep, yeah, I haven't got that. You know, I'm not the academic type. I'm going to go in the army. And then that changed to, okay, I, I love engineering. I love taking things apart, building things. Uh, that kind of led me into, I wanted to go into marine engineering, you know, mm. travel the world and combine it with engineering. And then it was one summer holiday I spent with family up in Scotland. And I was sat down one morning with uh, my uncle Peter and we were just talking about engineering, what I wanted to do. And I was just at that age where just about a a year before I'm leaving school, uh, I didn't go to college or anything like that. Sat down talking and he starts talking about cars and engineering. And basically in the course of a three, four hour conversation with him that morning, Mm -hmm. he took me from back fender to front fender on how a car works. Just and not beating or anything. It was just general chat conversation. I was asking questions and that conversation just sticks in my mind. And from that moment on, I wanted to be involved in automobiles. I wanted to fix cars. I wanted, and it was just that one conversation with my uncle. I was about about 15, 16 years of age at the time, but it sticks in my mind and I can still see it. He's he's long gone now, bless him, but I can, I've still got a mental picture of him sat in the chair (laughs) and I was just sat there wide-eyed my mouth was open and he was saying about braking systems how they work and ignition systems and the firing order and suck squeeze bang blow <laughs> i still remember all these phrases that he came up with it was a it was a magical magical moment in my in my life and that's yeah. uh that's when i decided that yeah that's the path for me i'm, gonna, for you. I'm gonna follow that Isn't that fun? What a great story. Thanks for taking us there. Well, since you enjoy getting your hands dirty and tearing things apart and putting them back together, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and crawl under the hood and ask you to share a huge challenge or even a big failure that you faced along the way in your career. Of course, the most important part of this question is, what did that situation teach you? So take us to that painful point in time, kind of walk us through it, and then show us how you got out of that moving forward. Well, as I mentioned earlier, uh, I'm not the academic type. And when I first started in the trade, uh, engineer was really quite basic. And in the last 30 years, we've seen such a meteoric rise in electronical, uh, electric components within vehicles, engine management systems, computerization. See, it's totally changed the face of automobile engineering. 90% of, of new developments now are electronic on a vehicle, not yeah. mechanical. So it, it's massive, but I'm kind of old school. I'm still used to adjusting tappets, so to <laughs> to keep myself up to speed 
a massive, massive challenge because I was um, electrics wasn't really a part of my engineering qualifications. It was all heavy work. It wasn't the electronic side. Right. That was a, a totally different trade. I had a basic knowledge, but it's to to keep up to date. Um, and the lesson is to find the education wherever you can. A lot of what I do now and a lot of what I know is self-taught through research. And but it's just that problem of keeping yourself up to date and it's it's becoming more and more of a an issue now i think within the motor trade that uh independent aftermarket garages uh, your small garage down the road they've got a big decision to make uh they have to educate themselves in in the new technology of vehicles or fall by the wayside then it's a big investment in time in the education uh equipment so that the whole face of engineering now has changed. You could get away with just having a, a, a toolbox full of tools. You've got to have a computer now. You know, you talk about CTEC, your product having charge algorithms that ensure the way your batteries work. And you're right. And nowadays, it's uh, the, the technicians, they call them, instead of mechanics working yep. on your cars, uh, hook up your car to an OBD system or something and just say, oh, here's what's wrong. And instead of fixing it, they replace a whole unit and your car is back on the road. So it is a huge challenge, especially... As you say, for small independent shops, I've got friends who own shops like that and having to buy the equipment, learn how to use it, bring technicians in. So, well, it's great that you've embraced that change. I mean, now we've got self-driving cars. So, you know, pretty soon we won't have to do anything. We just say, go fix yourself car and it'll drive itself to the repair shop and get itself fixed and come home. So that'll be kind of an interesting adventure. Well, let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a career aha moment. You've been in the automotive career for 30 plus years. You've kind of moved th through some different areas. So is there one career aha moment that really stands out for you? Uh, the one that took me into training with, with CTEC ah. is the, the big moment for me. It was in a sales meeting for a new product, a new professional product that we were launching in, in Europe. So it was a, a chance for the sales team to get to know the product and various features and there were several features on this particular unit that the sales staff didn't know about so i found myself actually taking over the <laughs> the session for this unit to explain uh, the reasons for battery support why do we need it etc etc and the ceo yunlind uh, noticed that wow this you know it's a lot of questions here and a lot of things that we don't or the, the vast majority of the sales team don't know the answer to. Ah. So how are, we, how are we going to sell this product? How are we going to, you know, we need to educate ourselves in the, we've got this product, but the salesmen haven't really got the uh, the sales discussions, the sales arguments right. for this particular product. And each person had a different understanding of, say, what battery support was or what the boost function was. They all had different views, so there wasn't one common theme. So for the company had several different messages, and it was that moment there. Yun uh, Lin decided uh, we need a training school. We need a, a training scheme within this company for our staff and for our distributors, so that we all speak the same language, common language going forward. We all have the same information, rather than picking up different bits of information. So that moment, Yun uh, asked me to get involved with making a film oh. for the new product. Okay. Uh, which I did, wrote the script, and I bet you never thought you'd be a script writer for films. No, huh? <laughs> no. Like I say, it's a, it, it each each junction you can't come to. It's uh, yeah. you know, you can get blown one way or the other. But um, that was the moment there that yeah, 
I like this. And it was recognized by the company that, okay, there's a person there that can take the ball and run with it. Yeah. Yeah. can take. And uh, I quite willing. I was quite happy sat at the back of my taking notes. And then all of a sudden <laughs> I'm up the, up the front giving a off the cuff um, training session. Wow. So that, that was that moment there that I went from uh, being business development in the UK to being uh, a training manager, I suppose. That is an aha uh, moment. It, it was like a, a shaft of light came through the window. I thought, yeah, okay, this is it. This is where I'm <laughs> <No>. going now. <laughs> this, the only thing that was missing was the choir of angels. Yeah, that's there. what I was trying to do there, but I don't sing like an <laughs> angel, that's for sure. <laughs> very nice. Well, that's cool. That's a very cool aha moment. And it's what is really great is it, it says something about the, uh, the management of C-Tech, that their willingness to see somebody that they can put into a new slot, give you the ball, let you run with it, entrust it with you and, and do something new. And, uh, that was fantastic. Wonderful story. I love it. You talked earlier about a proud moment, but is there a proudest career moment that really stands out for you that you could share? Once again, reverting back to the training role from that sales meeting, got more and more involved in in training. Then it was decided, okay, we have to have this what we call skill base uh, training concept within CTEC, and they offered me the job to head up the the training facility. So the the, the general plan was to travel the world. Go and see our distributors and train people. And I can tell our listeners that uh, this man does. I've been trying to track him down for a few <laughs> weeks, and every time I talk to him, he's in another city. And he, you live in uh, the UK, you for work for a Swedish company. Uh, the last few weeks, you've been everywhere, and today we're talking in Houston. So, uh, yeah, you're uh, yeah. like I said yeah. in our pre-show chat, you're like Johnny Cash. You've been everywhere, man. <laughs> well, over the, the two weeks that I'm in the U.S. I think it's 16 flights in 14 days, oh and that includes weekends as well. So, Oh, my gosh. I'm putting in a fair bit of traveling. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, just a bit. SeaTech <laughs> wanted to – it's our core business. We don't do anything else. Okay? Charging is our business, mm-hmm. and that's what we specialize in. We believe we've got the best charger in the world, quality of algorithm, the quality of the product, the quality of the backup um, that SeaTech provides. And we wanted the same – are a reflection of that in the training. Yeah, so brilliant. Quite a brave move by CTEC. They've invested quote, close to half a million euros wow. in a training facility in Sweden. Uh, so I've got huge training room, state-of-the-art training room, a workshop, nice. fully functioning workshop. So we can do theory up in the training room, come down into the workshop and show it in practice. So any professional product, we can bring vehicles in, use the professional product there. We've got a display of all the charges we do so we can give a full education. We have a big TV screen that we can cast diagnostics. We've got a picoscope and several other code reading equipment that we can cast to the TV. People can see, or the, the people who are there for the education can see uh, voltage and amperage. When we're talking about these different levels, they can actually see it. You can talk till you're blue in the face in a training room and hope people will understand. But if they see it in front of them on a big TV screen and you can point to, look, this is what's happening here. Oh, but, yeah, nothing uh, like that. That's a state-of-the-art training facility, and that's the, the thing that I'm most, most proud of. To have a company invest in you as a person and the type of work that you're doing and to give you the best training facility in the world, as far as I'm concerned. There's no other company involved in charging would uh, has got the same type of facilities that CTEC have. I am extremely proud of, of the training school and the work that CTEC are doing. Brilliant. 
Well, let's have a little bit of fun and go back in time. I'd love for you to talk about your first really special car and maybe share a memory you have of that vehicle. Oh, good grief. <laughs> good grief. When, when we discussed this uh, and you gave me the, the kind of uh, path that this would take, my memories came flooding back to me. Good. My first, <laughs> first vehicle, uh-huh. which was readers can uh, remember this far back while they, they know uh, British vehicles. It was a Vauxhall Viva, HB Viva. Okay. Yeah, we never got the Vauxhalls over here, but no, uh, no. <laughs> it's a it's a general. It was an offshoot of General Motors. Yeah, and it was in collaboration with Opel as well in in Europe. So that the vehicles were very similar between Opel and, okay. and Vauxhall. And I can remember the registration of which was MJH four two three L. It was a blue Vauxhall Viva and. That takes me back. What year? Uh, what year was it? That was uh, it was seventy three. Was the registration number on that? Okay, but that's where I courted my wife, and uh-huh. that's got a, a lot of special memories. We had some great places. Uh, we had a young family. I still had the car when we started the family, and yeah, some of the trips made in that. Some of the adventures we had, and it's a very, very. If I could have that, you know, if I could find out. Well, it's in a scrapyard somewhere now, but I'd love to get that registration plate and put it on my Put it on your car. Yeah, kind of fun. You know, that car to me, what was interesting to me about that car is the front nose had almost a little touch of a Pontiac GTO. And if if anybody goes and looks it up, I think they'll see a little bit. It had had kind of a ridge down the nose and and the grill kind of came to a point. A little bit, you know, maybe Buick Riviera, Pontiac GTO. I may be stretching things a little bit here, but... (laughs) But but that's what I saw in the front of that car. But then when you look at the car overall, it's very much like a little Japanese sedan. Yeah. You know, in its in its nature like and a its Nissan or a Datsun. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's kind of a neat combination of things. I was thinking you were pushing the you were pushing the <laughs> uh, the thing with a <laughs> some of those comparisons there. <laughs> it may have looked like it at the front, but trust me, it didn't perform. Like, no, yeah. I'm sure it didn't. But I, you know, I was trying to give you the benefit of the doubt there. But uh, thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Well, <laughs> was there a car that you've owned that you've let go that you really wish you had back in the garage? Oh, this one got me thinking again, Mark. And it it, it wouldn't be one of my vehicles. It was my parents' vehicle, uh-huh. and it was a, a Triumph 2000 six-cylinder. Ooh. Straight six, Borg Warner 35 automatic box. Lots, uh, lots of memories on that, yeah. that particular car. It was a beautiful car, powerful, uh, luxurious. And <laughs> there were several instances, and I've spoken to my mother about it as well. But um, <laughs> she's still driving now, bless her. But it was the first automatic that she'd ever driven. Oh, fine. And uh, she drove it up the local village up to the, the pub for a, a Sunday Sunday meal uh-huh. with her friends. She got several friends in the car and they pulled into the car park and she said that she had hit the brake and there, nothing happened and she rolled into the wall. Oh no. And <laughs> demolished part of the wall for the, the pub and uh, she got it repaired, no problem. And the, the car was repaired, the wall was repaired. But that was uh, 30 years ago. Okay, and I still drive past that wall now, and you can see where it's, <laughs> where it's been, been repaired, <laughs> and the mem- memory still flood back. But it, it had a it had a flex plate problem, uh, the flex plate, which is uh, the drive between the engine and the torque converter. Okay, it's um it's the same as a flywheel on a, a manual vehicle, mm-hmm. but it's a lot thinner, a lot lighter. It's there just to basically provide 
the gear for the starter motor to engage with. So that cracked around the mounting points on the crankshaft. So I, I took the gearbox out myself on my back on my brother-in-law's garage, took it out, repaired the flex plate, got it welded. And in my rush to get it ready, I put the flex plate on the wrong way round. Uh-oh. Put the gearbox back in. Great stuff. Went to start it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that horrible starter motor noise. Uh, yeah. It doesn't engage. Bang. So I knew exactly as soon as I'd... Turn the key, I you knew spent, what you did. Exactly. So uh, take the gearbox back out, put the gearbox back in, start it up. Now, this had taken me... Because I was work, I was doing this in the evenings. This was this had taken me probably a week to do in the evenings, sure. and it was just before my son was born. Ah, okay. So uh, it was finishing late at night, trying to get the car done, making sure that I'm available if the the wife gets taken into hospital. It's really <laughs> pressure time, full day job, and then back. Put three or four hours on your back, lifting out this huge, huge gearbox all on your own. Didn't have any help. And then the day I, or the night I finished, car was completed, dropped it off to my parents. I thought, I'll pick up a takeaway meal on the way back and we'll celebrate. And that's it. Now we can look forward to a new family, uh, a new addition to the family. Had the meal, went to bed, two o'clock that morning. She goes into labor and has the baby. So if it had taken any longer. Oh, my gosh. It would have been problems. You but cut that, that, that one sounds, to the wire. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the memories that uh, yeah. come flooding back to me on that one. But it was a beautiful car. Really was a solid heavy car. Those cars have the dual headlights in the front? Yeah. But yeah, okay. I think I know what, what you're talking about. Again, it's not a car that ever came over here to the States. but. Nope. Uh, Nope. It had a very distinct look and so forth, but boy, you sure cut that one close, man. <laughs> that, that was it, it. Was literally hours. Yeah, that was the. Oh yeah. my goodness! Oh my goodness! Very cool. Very cool. Well, uh, thanks for sharing that memory as well. Well, let's talk about today and what's up coming in the new year. At least what you can share. I know with new products and things, we, they're kind of tight-lipped. You have to be with the company. But as far as what CTEC's doing now and today and in the uh, near future, what has you really excited and fired up? We've got several new products coming up next year we're uh, still rolling out a new product in europe at the moment the thing about c-tech is we're always trying to push technology uh, and one of the great th- one thing that uh, really makes me excited we have something called adaptive charging on the latest charger which the reason there are so many different sized chargers out there is the fact that you need to match the battery size to the output of the charger okay got it for you to be able to charge as quickly and as efficiently as possible. So you need to know the size of the battery before uh, you connect the charger to it, really. How would a, a consumer know that? What's the best way for somebody to be able to answer that question? The best rule of thumb, if you're unsure of what size charger you should use, just take a look at the amp hour rating on the battery. Okay. Okay. Divide by 10. All right. And that will give you a ballpark figure. Pretty simple. If you've got, a say, a 75-amp-hour battery, divide that by 10. You're looking somewhere around a 7-amp charger. Mm, okay, would perfect. Would be a good charger, too. And that's, a, like I say, a very rough rule of thumb. But it's important to if, – if you use too big an output charger on a small battery, uh, you'll boil that battery and it'll blow up like a balloon. Mm, okay, not a, not a good thing. Not a good thing. But on the professional unit we've just launched, we've got this um, – adaptive charging so there's several batteries out there where the the labels are covered under brackets or covers or even being blown off when they've been jet washed yeah so how does the technician know the size of the battery Mm, to use the correct charger or to set the charger at the correct level 
Well, we've taken that guesswork out of it now. We've got a charger that will actually work out the size of the battery. Anything from as small as 10 amp hours up to 1,800 amp hours. Nice. Connect this charger, let it do its work for the first two minutes, and it works out the correct charge rate to apply to that battery. <laughs> Wonderful. Fantastic. It's the first charger in the world to have this wow. capability. Another thing we've got in Europe at the moment, not in the US, but in Europe, is a, a, a charger called the Time to Go. Mm-hmm. Um, we're the first to market with this particular technology. Every charger out there will tell you how full the battery is. Okay, it's either 50% and going up to 75% till 100%. But nobody actually tells you how long in time uh, okay. gotcha. is that battery going to take to full charge. Yeah. We have the capability now. We have a charger on the market that will tell you cool. exactly how long before your battery is fully charged. So we're the first to market with that. Really exciting ideas. We're, look, we're looking at things in the future, wireless charging. Whoa. You know, we're working on a solution for that. We're, yeah. uh, we're working closely with a company called Wetricity, and we're having great success in that area. Wow. wow. So there's, there's lots of interesting things on coming up. And as I say, the good thing about working for SeaTech uh, is having pride in the product. But when you're doing trade shows and you see uh, possibly some of the competition coming onto the stand, and the first question they ask is, what have we got to do now? <laughs> there you go. What have you got new and what, what have we got to do? So we're leading the way and we find that the competitors tend to follow us. So it's good times at the moment. We've got a really good R&D department. Very cool. Awesome. Well, we wish you the best success in the coming year. Now, here's a Thank very you. introspective question for you, Tony. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be? And why? Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> um, I would, I would go for um, a utility vehicle. Okay. Um, I like the Dodge Ram. Oh, okay. Dodge Ram. Come um, over to this side of the pond. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. Uh, why do I like it? Well, it's uh, go anywhere, do anything, workhorse. <laughs> well, there. Flexible. That sounds like you. <laughs> yeah, I think that kind of reflects me. You answered the question perfectly. <laughs> very there nice. Yeah, very nice. There you go. Well, Tony, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Car Show sponsors. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah. And I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week. Thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah! website at carsyeah.com. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right. 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. 
That's Covercraft.com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people. But what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipping. Okay, Tony, we are back and we're entering the last lap. And I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Keep your oil clean. (laughs) Keep your battery charged. There you go. Perfect. Simple. Exactly what you need to keep your car on the road. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your success over the years? Work hard. <laughs> Educate yourself. Work hard. Pretty simple okay. stuff, yeah. That it, it's it's all down to attitude. It's all down to attitude. If you've got the right attitude, um, you'll get on. You will get on. Yep, exactly. Now, how about a resource? There's lots of great resources out there these days, but is there one in particular you'd like to share with the Carsia audience? CTEC.com website. But also, if you need to educate yourself on on batteries and you'd like to know more knowledge, a great website for reference is uh, one called the Battery University. Ah, okay. Okay, it's a free resource. Uh, it's cram packed full of knowledge on any type of battery, whether it's uh, primary or secondary. All the latest technologies on there. So if you if you want to get a little bit more uh, up to date with with battery knowledge, because there's a load of batteries out there now. Yeah. Uh, the likes of EFB, ECM, AGM, Spiral, yeah. Flooded, uh, Lithium. Yeah. People get confused. They don't know how to identify what what does the unique features of the batteries. Get on there, and it's easy to understand stuff. It's got to be easy to understand because I use it. Okay, so it's a great reference. First time anybody has referred that here on Cars. Yeah, so I'm very happy that you did that. I'll make sure that's noted on your Cars. Yeah website page now how about a book is there a book you've read recently that you'd like to share one of my well i've got a couple of favorite authors but jeffrey diva is one of my favorite um authors okay and the book i love reading of him is the book bone collector they made a film out of it oh yes okay that the guy uh unbelievable a writer I tend to be a binge reader. I'm not, uh, I don't read every day, but like holidays or weekends, yeah. I'll sit down with a book and I'll go for four or five hours and just read a book, you know, when I'm chilling. And he just gets you think, thinking, very intelligent writer, thriller writer, but really good. Yeah, very good. Well, listeners, you can find all these great resources on Tony Shono's page at carsyad.com slash Tony Zeal, Z-E-A-L, is the spelling of his last name. And there's another great place on the Cars yeah website called Guest Recommended Books, where this book and all the past 664 guest books are listed for quick, easy clicks to buy. It's a great resource if you love to read. Over a 1,000 books are listed there. It's fantastic. All right, Tony, we're up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a bit of a doozy. If you could have only one very cool collector car in your garage, but money's no object, I'm going to buy you whatever you'd like today. What would that vehicle be, and more importantly, why? Sickly sweet answer. It's going to, it's going to be a Porsche. Okay. Well, what kind of Porsche? Carrera. 
Oh, okay. Now they made Carreras, you know, several years there. I think the first year was 84. Unless you're talking about an old Carrera, are you talking about a 356 or talking about a 911? Just give me a career of mine. <laughs> just give just me, give me I made it too yeah. complicated. Okay, a career. I can yeah. do, I can, just, I can do that. <laughs> it's one of our, it's, it's the very first OEM contract that CTEC got. And it's a, it's a particular favorite car of mine. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, there's a lot of, for me to choose from there. So maybe I can help narrow it down a little bit. Would you like a uh, coupe or a cabriolet? Coupe. Coupe. Okay. Nice coupe. So very cool. What color would you like that to be? It's only one color, black. Black. Oh man, yeah. you're one of those guys. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, they do look good. I just, I'm such a car care nutcase. I don't think I could own a black car. I'd go insane. You would because you're into detailing, aren't you? Yeah. You're into well, the, the car I care, and the slightest bit of dust would show up on. Black. I know it just make me nuts. So, uh, but I do love black cars. They look fantastic. So I'd be happy to get you a black Carrera coupe. I think that'd be very, very cool. Very nice choice. Porsches are my favorite. So. uh you picked one that is near and dear to my heart. Well, Tony, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. I've really enjoyed your stories. I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars Yow listeners, taking some time out of your very busy travel schedule to, to uh, talk with me today. And um, I wonder if you could offer our listeners one parting piece of guidance before you head off down that English country road in your black Carrera. Okay, Mark. Well, if you were to take the alphabet, A to Z, and give numbers to each letter so a would be one b would be two right through to 26 okay okay if you were to spell the word knowledge you'd come up with about 96 percent not about you would come up with 96 percent wow hard work would give you 98 (laughs) percent but attitude gives you 100 percent i love it okay so it's the attitude that you apply to anything ah if you have the right attitude anything is obtainable you know what? That's brilliant. That's the first time that idea, that concept's been shared. I really like that. Now I'm going to sit down and go look at an alphabet and make sure make sure all the numbers <laughs> add up. Right. But uh, I'm going to trust you. I think that's brilliant. Very nice. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and about CTEC? CTEC, they can go to either smartercharger.com, which is the American site, or they can go to ctech.com. And they can find out about all our products there. Absolutely. And I'll remind our listeners, CTEC is C-T-E-K. Listeners, you can learn and find everything, again, that Tony's been so kind to share today on his show notes page at carsyad.com slash Tony Zeal. And as a reminder, a special offer from CTEC for the CarsYad listeners. He's offering 20% off your purchase of a CTEC product. And that offers good until New Year's Eve this year, 2016. So jump on that opportunity for 20% off any CTEC product. So make sure you go to the website, check it out. And when you check out, just type Cars Yeah in that checkout box for the special coupon code, and you'll get that discount. Very generous of you to do that. I'm very appreciative. Tony, thank you for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. Until we talk again. I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mo. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.